0: Welcome to this week's episode of Brokering Lifestyle. I'm your guide and host, Connie Dornan of Ad Properties, Christie's International Real Estate. I've been selling homes for nearly 20 years and I'm the top producing real estate broker in my market. I just don't broker homes. I am brokering a lifestyle and helping people build financial strength. Welcome to another episode of Brokering Lifestyle. I'm Connie Dornan of Ad Properties, Christie's International Real Estate. And today, Ariella Horowitz has joined me from the Ariella Horowitz Design Group based in New York, New Jersey area. And she is one of the most sought after interior designers in the country with a considerable social media following. She is a master at designing and creating luxury homes all around the United States, including Miami, New York, Chicago, LA, Beverly Hills, just to name a few and works with notable architects and builders to create masterpieces that are truly extraordinary and breathtaking she and her firm will help you design a home that is perfect for your lifestyle and help select all finishes and furniture as well not only can she advise with new construction but if you are looking for an extreme makeover this is your gale
1: thank you so much connie for having me i'm happy to be here
0: ariella Now you have close to 100,000 followers on Instagram. What do you owe your success to?
1: Um, I would have to say like really hard work. That's pretty much it. There are no shortcuts. Um, You know, I I think a lot of it comes from, you know, just experience on the job sites and working. And, you know, I built, I built, you know, up, I guess, a big portfolio And so as people get into the construction process, more and more people hear about me and I guess my Instagram
0: following just, just grew. Well, you know what? Uh, Congratulations. You have done a remarkable job. I've seen many of your creations. They are absolutely extraordinary. The level of detail that you go into and also I've had firsthand uh, experience with you uh, from the ground up construction and your level of communication as well was excellent I must I must say so I was really really impressed you know and the other thing that comes to mind is a lot of people think that they can get into any business and they think it's easy but in order to be successful there's a lot of hard work that goes into it and it really shows with your success um, how, what made you just choose to go into the de- interior design
1: um I think it took me a while to figure out like exactly what I wanted to do. I knew that I definitely wanted to own my own business. I had, you know, for sure a lot of interest, and I'm very much a math and science person. So when I used to look at interior design, I was like, I don't know. That's like, you know, it's, it's very artsy and creative, but I want to like really use my brain. And so I ended up like melding both together and um, that's, actually something I think that sets my company apart from many interior design firms, because we really do like full new construction or full renovation projects from beginning to end. So not only do we just choose all the pretty things, but, you know, we really start early on in the architectural planning phase. And we work with the architect to design the floor plans. My firm does a ton of space planning to make sure the flow of the house makes sense. You know, we do when we do our ceiling and lighting plan drawings, we're taking into account roof line structures. So there's a lot of science and math and geometry that goes into all that part that I think like a lot of people don't realize when they think about interior design, or at least when it comes to doing like new houses from A to Z and even furniture placement, all that stuff is about spatially placing things right, having the right flow. So, you know, when I realized that I could bring the two together, like I think it just like really took my firm to another level because, you know, we have that knowledge to see the project through from A to Z and make sure that like everything in the beginning is set up to properly work in the end finishing stages.
0: Well, I will say that that is all true that I agree with you on what you accomplish in some of the design builds that I've seen uh, that I've been a part of, and I've seen your creations. It has always been a very thoughtful pr- planning process. Like I'll look at the rooms and make sure that you've got room at the wall for the, for the bed, for the head of the bed room for the nightstands, the dresser, where is the TV going to go? How is that going to be spaced out? Even the little details in the kitchen as well. Uh, you know, having the right space for platters and all your cutlery and all the nice little details that go into a kitchen. It's a very, very thoughtful approach. Do you? What are the three questions that you ask your clients before starting a project for a new construction home?
1: Well, we always talk about um, design aesthetic for sure, what style home they're looking for, um, what kind of materials they love. Um, another biggie is obviously budget. So we know what size house we need to build, where we need to be in when we're specing and sourcing materials. Um, So I would say those are the top two main questions for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just like what their needs are, because every family is really different. Every family has a different lifestyle. You know, what's important to them, what might be important to me and my family might not be something that another family needs. So we always really try to make sure that we understand the family before starting the plans and, and how they live. Mm
0: -hmm. Excellent. And then how do what do you consider aestheticism or functionality to be most important in, in, in driving Um, your design decisions?
1: I really think it's, I I really think it depends on the room and it's really a mild of both. Like it's never fully one or the other. We always mix fashion with function. Um, you know, but like some rooms, let's say we're doing a formal living room that like the family knows, you know, the kids never go in there. You know, we may do some fabrics that are not performance because they're like a nicer cooler print, but the, the, you know, the clients are okay with it because they know like that's an offhand's room. And obviously when we're working in a kitchen or a very used space, like a family room, all of our materials are performance fabrics. Um, so it, it's always like a balance of the two where we're never really fully giving up one or the other and we're just making sure like it works for the
0: home. Perfect. Uh, If I can just bend your ear a little bit about an upcoming project of yours that I'm also involved with, 219 Lincoln and Glencoe. What is your top inspiration on that fabulous project? And how do you think that Uh, you're going to differ from other typical spec constructions that we see here in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago?
1: Well, I think that even everyone knows about me, like no two projects are ever the same and we're always coming up with new and exciting things. So I'm very excited for 292 Lincoln. It's going to be an amazing house. I don't want to give too much away, but I'm going with like a Parisian chic vibe, but bringing it a little bit modern. So um, it's going to be a cool meld of materials, something spectacular um, with, Lots of like new designs um, and a lot of the new trends coming for 2023. So I'm very excited about it.
0: Oh, fantastic. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see the mood boards. And speaking of mood boards, when you start working with a brand new client and they're looking to um, build a new home, how do you start the process with them after you've gone through to see what kind of style that they have? Like, what are the next steps? Do you start creating those mood boards and showing them, okay, this is the direction that I think that we're going to go in, in terms of finishes of, you know, crown moldings and ceiling details and lighting and hardware and colors. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Like so a, typically, a
1: board? Yeah. Typically, we start, you know, well, I'll ask the clients to show me like some inspiration photos that they saved that like appeal to them. And, you know, right when I see that, I automatically get their vibe and and what they're going for. And then I'll present like, um, you know, different options of tile materials and marbles and things like that um, to see what catches their eye. But I think those original inspiration photos are always key because that mm. tells me like, oh, this client loves like French Chateau style, this client loves a modern farmhouse, or this client loves something more you know, spa-like and earthy. Um, and then we kind of just like take it from there. And we'll present mood boards on all the furnishings and the materials, and we do all of our design plans and we'll send it to the client for them to review it and comment. So they always have input, and if they want to change anything, um, then we'll present some more options, and that's kind of how we go about it. Yeah.
0: Assuming that the client is responsive and on time, how long does that process normally take?
1: Um, well, I think it's, it's kind of like, you know, goes hand in hand with construction. So there are certain things that we do before we even start the construction process, like our ceiling and lighting plans, which are needed for framing, you know, and and, you know, exterior materials. And we do those renderings. Um, But then I have like certain timelines during the process as we go along that I say, okay, now it's time to do this. So we'll typically go for tile once foundation is in. And then after that plumbing, so we know like when the house is framed, um, we'll have all of the, you know, bathroom elevation drawings with the plumbing location so that the plumber can do all of his work. The electrician will have all the plans for him to do his work. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the stages of construction. I really think timeline depends a lot on not only the size of the house, but also how decisive or indecisive a client may be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we have some clients that they come to me and they say, like, we love what you do. Here's our style. You do your thing. And obviously Mm -hmm. those processes take a lot less time than some clients who want to be involved every step of the way. And that's totally fine. And that's what works for them.
0: So I really think it's, it's different based on A client-by-client basis. Okay. Have you ever had a time that you were working with a client and they were describing and showing you samples of what they wanted and it was really terrible? I mean, it was just awful. (laughs) Do do you tell your client, this is a really bad direction to take? I mean, how, how do you approach that conversation? Have you ever had that experience?
1: Um, Yeah, there are for sure times that a client will show me something. And I'm always honest, and my clients know that. Like, I always say at the end of the day, it's your house, and you may not agree with me, and we can end up doing it. But I'm always going to tell you my honest opinion. And they love that. So if I don't like something, I'm definitely not shy. And I let them know. Usually, the clients don't go with it here and there. They they really love it. And they do. But they definitely Mm -hmm. always know my honest opinion.
0: Okay. Good. Good. Uh, that's the way I function when I'm selling a house too. So I walk in with my buyers and they're like, Oh my God, I love this house. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it'll look better torn down, but okay. So, but I, I get that. Right. Um, so okay. for 2023, what do you think the top color palette for walls should be in your opinion? Uh, I, don't don't tell me about Panatone's new color vivid magenta because that that's it's an interesting color <laughs> as an accent color somewhere, maybe, but I, right. I you can't go around painting your entire house that color. So what right. do you think?
1: Right. I think the greens are gonna be really strong. They've already made their way in the last couple of years. And even in 2020, we saw so much of it. And I've had so many requests from clients. And I think we're gonna see that even more in 2023 like deep greens, um, even like, I would say like purple, like moody,
0: moody, sexy colors. Yeah, give me like a, a, an example. A name of a color? Yeah, just so I can look it up and see what you're oh. talking about.
1: I got to look that up too. All right. I don't
0: know all, <laughs> all right. Well, you look it up and you message me later about that. Like, so, okay. Yes. One more question and I'll let you go. Most buyers out there, they want the white kitchen. I've been seeing white kitchens in homes for well over a decade at this point. Whenever I right. bring in a buyer into a house and they see a kitchen that's non-white, like espresso or cherry or something else, they, they just don't want it. And so they, mm-hmm. you know, I make right. recommendations to painters and we paint the cabinets to neutralize how long do you think this trend is going to last and where do you think it's going? Because I'm starting to see a change. I'm starting to see a change where many of my buyers are saying, Hey, I don't necessarily want a white kitchen. I think I right. want a white Oak or I, they want something else. Yeah.
1: So I think espresso and cherry has been out and out for like a while. Um, but on the same hand, like, I mean, white kitchens have been in for a while, but they're also very classic. But for the last, like, I would say, good four or five years, like, I have lots of clients that want, like, white oak is super in right now. Um, We're doing white oak islands, some kitchens even all in white oak. So that's like really, really um, something that we get a lot of requests for. But I also have been getting a lot more requests for specifically no white in the kitchen. Like, I think people, some people are a little tired of it. And I think, You know, when someone's buying a home and they they're seeing something existing and they have to like fix it up, it's very easy to say, okay, make this white. But I think when someone's doing a custom home and they can kind of do anything that they want because there's nothing that you have to work with, you know, clients are leaning more towards like some darker, moody or kitchens or kitchens with a splash of color and something a little unexpected. Um, We're not doing that often like full white kitchen. We do a lot of them where it has some white cabinetry, but I think the all white kitchen is, is finding its way out.
0: And what is your personal opinion on that? What do you think is the best style? uh, Let's just take a kitchen as an example for cabinetry moving forward.
1: I think like a mix of woods, like a white Oak with some sort of color, like a pretty, you know, like light, light taupe or something like that with brass mm. hardware is, is beautiful and still timeless even though it's not white but has some more interest so I think especially for spec homes you know things like that where you're still playing it on the safe side that it's going to appeal to everyone but you're not going white where it feels stark and overdone you know is the right way to go for spec homes right now
0: and for a spec well maybe not for a spec house, what do you recommend for the listeners out there that are thinking about building a home and they're caught between styles? So for example, I'll take myself as an example, right? I'm not, but however, I'm not looking at building a home. I love a lot of different design styles. I I love the beachy look, you know, like Montauk, that sort of thing. I love eclectic. I like bohemian. I also like ultra modern and sleek and clean design uh, specifically Italian ultra modern, not so much the Germanic type. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's just what I gravitate to. For, for someone like right. me, okay, what do you recommend like a nice middle of the road design aesthetic, whether you're building or decorating, that you feel will appeal to the masses? And then you could dress it as bohemian, you can dress it as eclectic, you can kind of, you right. know change it up whenever you want.
1: Yeah. So I think that I totally feel you on that because I also love so many different design styles. And I always say when I build my last house, like which way am I going to go? You know, because you can appreciate the beauty in so many different styles, but at the end of the day, if you're looking for something that, you know, has good resale value whenever you're going to sell it or that appeals to the masses, I think transitional is really always the way to go. Whether you choose transitional in like, you know, a a French inspired way, or you choose transitional in a farmhouse style, I think like those are all styles that like so many people would love and appreciate that like you kind of can't go wrong. I think when you go anytime to the extreme, like ultra modern, you're appealing to a certain, you know, small group. And if you're going to Bohemian, that's also, you know, narrowing down the amount of people. So I think just staying in a transitional realm Um, is always a good idea. And that's honestly, most of the projects that we do, we definitely get clients who want super traditional, we get some that want ultra modern for sure. But I think the large majority really, they just love a transitional home.
0: Well, Ariella, thank you so much for taking time of out of your really, really busy schedule to speak with us today. I appreciate all of your time, your thoughtfulness, your insight, your expertise. You're amazing. Keep doing wonderful things. And I can't wait to see what you've got in store for 2023 for us to see on your Instagram channel.
1: It is my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Bye.